Blog Talk Radio. This is Tom Donaldson, Donaldson Files here on the Bachelor News Radio Network. Um, we've got some special guests tonight. We've got Laura Don Gasparato, and we also are expecting a call from Kyle Hester as well. And, uh, and, and I do want to kind of give you an update. Uh, I talked to Coco this morning, uh, and and you may not know, like I say, last week she went to the veterinary. She was not here. As it turns out, her dog has got some uh, heart issues in addition to arthritis and an air infection. So uh, hopefully she's going to try to call in a little bit later, but she is uh, with her dog at the doctor's, at the vet. Um, and I guess a car- uh, I guess a veterinarian cardiologist is what she's talking to. So hopefully the best will come for that. But uh, her dog, Reagan, has got some serious illness and dealing with that. And uh, we got also on the line. The first person we got on the line is my good friend, Laura Donna, who we have not talked to in so long. <laughs> that... Hi, how are you? Hi. I'm doing fine. So what's going on in your life? Well, you know, going to work, you know, making an animation movie, life like everybody, you know. Things are good. Yeah. You know, things are good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was just yeah. kind of curious because, like I say, it's been so long since we've talked. And, yeah. Uh, and, 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 and like I say, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm waiting for Kyle Hester. Usually, uh, you, know, mm-hmm. you know, Kyle may be a couple of minutes late, so we're – Mm-hmm. But tonight's show, what we're going to do, we're going to talk about independent films, mm-hmm. uh, what it takes to become a, you know, to, to put one together. Because you've done, you know, you've done a you know, independent film, which we'll talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've also working on one animation, as you state, uh, which has got to be yeah. a challenge. In fact, I was there the day you bought the clay that you're putting it all together. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. It's, yeah, it's going to take so, me, yeah. like I'll say, another year. To finish up, you know. Yeah, yeah, and then, yeah. You know, and I thought we also talk about. Um, there was an article that struck me. You know, has COVID mm-hmm. turned us into a nation of assholes? And, I, and it's just <laughs> one of those articles that that intrigued me because it's like. Uh, and then finally, we're going to kind of talk about. Uh, I'm going to try to get from you and Kyle Hester the latest. What's going on in New York? What's going on in L.A.? Uh, you know, are there going to yeah, be is any? Kyle, yeah. Is Kyle in L.A.? Yeah, he's in L.A. He's in L.A. Yeah, he's in L.A. So, yeah. uh, Yeah, and and so, yeah, and so we're going to have, I mean, and then I'm going to, and I'll let you start thinking about this now. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm going to start thinking about this now. But I'm going to ask you your three favorite movies. Oh, my God. You should have told me before. I would have really thought, you know, I really thought about it. Like really, well, no. oh my God, it's so many. Well, I, I tell you the, well, I tell you the truth. I mean, this is one of those things where, quite honestly, I, I thought about this at the last minute. You know, I was sitting mm-hmm. there because I was just night. I saw 
one of my favorite movies. Mm-hmm. And, it, and you, I, it's a comedy, and I won't name it until we get to that point. And uh-huh. it's like, yeah, gosh. You know, and they, like I said, there's so many great movies. Yes. Oh, my yeah. God. And, uh, and so I, I, you know, and, and I thought, you know, let's get into kind of a nice conversation because they're, you know, I've got some, you know, like I say, some interesting movies and all of this. And so, uh, yeah, and yeah, so I, uh, it's like, you know, one of the things, God, I wonder what, you know, if we were to ask that question. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that, yeah, let yeah. me think. Yeah, I have so many. Yeah. My goodness. We have so many that. Yeah. I think it boils down to what kind of movies made a big impact on you, you know, because I have so many great movies yeah. that, you know, what, you know, yeah, uh, yeah, I can think of a few that really, really, I watched maybe like more than once, you know, um, three, yeah. four times, just as formal inspirations. Yeah, totally. Yeah, so, yeah, and so I say, uh, I haven't, I say, I know, Kyle's like you. He's uh, he's been working on the editing side of his upcoming movie, oh. Creature Six. So oh, I, know I think that. I saw this person. I think on on Twitter, like briefly. Yeah, I think. Kyle but has, I'm not, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I haven't been on Twitter recently. You know, I usually I try to use Instagram a little bit more. You know, and it's just difficult to stay on top of all the platforms. You know, you just Usually pick one that that's a little bit more in you know in tune with yeah. your work or what you what kind of things you do. You yeah, know? absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. well, well, like I said I've, I've sent him out a text. Hopefully, he will get back to. You. So, what I'm mm-hmm. going to do is this. First of all, number one, I'm going to you know start with you with your mm-hmm. first uh, the movie Pimento. Uh, yeah. Talk about the the challenge of that movie. You know, what is Which you know, the first one, one what was the yeah the one that that you made uh, about the the Romanian lady yeah mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Uh, so and it's now uh, uh, and I'll let everybody you know let you talk about it when it's and where it's available but uh, uh, why did you guys just start let me ask you this question mm-hmm. what's the first thing the first challenge that a independent filmmaker has. If I was to say, no, you, the okay, money. what's your first challenge? The I mean, money. I mean, of course, everything is about the money. I mean, because you're, you're not backing, back, being back, backed up by big studios, and which I don't think it's an easy thing to, you know, have the support of studios. You know, it's, it's a difficult thing even for big names, you know what I mean? People, yeah. you know, giving you a million, two million, or 50 million, it's a, diff- a difficult thing for everybody. Uh, that that has to be that because that limits you, limits um, most of the time limit your vision, you know, or, or things that you can yeah. do. But but maybe I don't know. It's uh, it depends what kind of movie you want to make because if you want to make a big budget movie like with a lot of special effects, definitely, you know. But money is always a problem. Like you know how to you know. Um, find enough money to make your movie usually takes a long time takes year, years but like I have a, I, I know a person who just reached out because she started a, kick, a Kickstarter campaign about her movie and uh, which seems very interested, interesting and I'm actually I want to give her a few dollars you know like I'm, I'm not going to yeah. give her $500 because I don't have that <laughs> I don't have it but 
Yeah. yeah and, and like she's having a tough time too, you know. It's well, difficult, yeah. you know. Well, first of all, the one, the, the, movie, the original movie because uh, it's kind of it's kind of a you know without giving away the plot, there's a darkness to the movie. Uh, mm. So maybe the first question I'm going to ask you, you know, you know, kind of first of all, describe without giving away the ending, the plot of the movie, uh, the you know, that you did that you now got presently filmed on Amazon. So wait, yeah, they, you want me to tell you a little bit more yeah, about the film without giving out the book, yeah, right? Minute, yeah, for minute, yes. It kind of well, describes, you know, you know, just give, go ahead. Well, I think that's, that's, um, that's the movie that uh, characterized my transition from being an immigrant to an American citizen, you know? It's like I made it exactly at that point in my life where I was uh, – uh, I was becoming an American citizen, you know. I already had a green card, yeah. but and so it's about it's almost like looking back on my experience as an immigrant, uh, an immigrant that comes here without connection, you know, because you can't yeah. come here with a lot of money, so you know you would have a completely different experience, you know, <laughs> if you come here or maybe you go to even if you go to school here. Let's say your parents pay for school. It's not the same thing, right? I mean, you have right. support. You have the support of a system, you know. You know, so that was like, uh, it, it was like um, a fantastic interpretation of my experience, you know, and uh, the people I met along the way. And uh, the ending, is, well, it's not, I didn't have that ending, you know, it's not. And also, I feel, yeah. I feel like the ending is really that I would say that film is my last European film. Because if you watch a lot of European films, I mean, Europe in general is very secular and has a very bleak uh, yeah. vision of life. Not because they're poor yeah. or broke, no, because they're pretty well off. I mean, at least Western Europe, it's pretty, they have money, they go, you know, <laughs> they're not broke. I mean, there are always people who are broke, but um, but it's a big, huge middle class, so, you know, they don't have huge uh, survival issues. Um, no. But, uh, it, yeah, it, but they have this very bleak uh, vision of life, you know, in life sucks. And everybody dies, deal with it. So if you see an American, European film, it's usually very bleak. The ending is always very bleak. Somebody dies, somebody breaks up, there is no hope. It's very hopeless. There is no yeah. hope, hope. While American yeah. films, usually, even, for, even if it's not a happy ending, there is always an open ending that has hope. Because this yeah. is um, the vision that uh, this is the collective um, ideals, you know, uh, together we will overcome, it will get better, you know. And yeah. so there is, a, a, there is a value, you know, there is that kind of, I mean, every film in every nation is propaganda for those values, uh, you know. Well, hold on, yeah. yeah, hold on, yeah. Every, I'm going to follow yeah. I'm going to follow that thought there. This is Tom Donaldson with uh, Laura Donna Gasparato. Uh, Kyle Hester has just texted me. He's on oh, his okay. way. Um, okay. uh, we have a, a public service announcer followed by 
our promoter of the next segment. A boy born in Joplin, Missouri was fascinated by anything with wheels and a motor. The odds of him going on to fascinate millions with his talent? One in 260,000. The odds of this born racer having 157 career top 10 finishes in NASCAR? One in 125 billion. But every driver seeks the pinnacle of their achievements. The odds of him winning both the Daytona 500 and the Brickyard 400 in the same year? One in 195 million. The odds of a child being diagnosed with autism? One in 88. I'm NASCAR driver Jamie McMurray, and my niece has autism. Learn more at autismspeaks.org slash signs. Early diagnosis can make a lifetime of difference. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. Since Buffalo Wild Wings is always open late, here are a few things you'll enjoy. Buzzer beaters, wings in 21 signature sauces and seasonings, and great deals on food and beer. Grab select domestic draft beers starting at $4. $4 shareables like street tacos, fried pickles, chili queso dip, mozzarella sticks, and roasted garlic mushrooms, and deals on select liquor and house cocktails. Phew, that's a mouthful. Catch all of the late night action. Buffalo Wild Wings, wings, beer, sports. Offers and participation vary. Please drink responsibly. Void where prohibited. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, back to Donaldson Files here on the Bachelor News Radio Network. Uh, you're, we're available on the bachelornews.airtime.pro. You can get a schedule of our show and, and listen to this show and other great shows on our network. Uh, we basically will be 10 a.m. Central Time, uh, 11 a.m. Eastern Time, followed by 3, 3 p.m. Central, 4 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, every day on the Bass News Radio Network. Plus, we're on StreamYard.com, among other streaming services. So we're available everywhere. And there's a reason, because we're the fastest-growing network uh, in the business. So we got some great programming from left to right, sports, and everything in between. Whatever, you, whatever is, America is talking about, we're doing it. Uh, here on the Bastion News Radio Network in Buffalo Wild Wings will be the sponsor of this particular segment uh, featuring Laura Donna and Kyle Hester, who uh, just uh, is on his way uh, shortly. Uh, and so, and if you want to become a sponsor, well, here's what you get. You get, if you want to be a gold A sponsor, you call email labachelor40 at gmail.com and we'll get you a sales staff app to you. And you can be part of this network. You'll get three ads. You'll get one mention. And you will be listed as a sponsor throughout the show and, and throughout each segment. So, ladies and gentlemen, join the fastest-growing network, the Bachelor News Radio Network, StreamYard.com, BachelorNewsAirTimePro.com. Pardon me, I got that wrong again. The Bachelor News Airtime Pro. All right, and speaking of Kyle Hester, uh, welcome, Kyle. How you doing, sir? Well, thank you, my friend. Um, I, uh, I I made it home. I just got back from Lowe's. I have a load of uh, of Luan on the top of my truck, and that is going to be my big. Uh, we are calling it the Narnia for the storage place because we just don't have enough closet space, so I'm going to make one. 
Well, cool. Yeah, great. Well, here's the thing. We're we're talking with Laura Donna. She, you know, we're going to talk about her the movie she made, uh, Memento, which is available, and and she's talking about the the fact that it was a Europe, it had a European flavor. Now, I don't know if you and Laura Donna has ever been on the same show on this network or not. Wait a minute. Are are we talking um, like Memento? Yeah. No, oh, Memento. No, Pentimento. 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 Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, very cool, very cool. I will check it out. Yeah. Thanks. Well, here, yeah, here, yeah. Here's the point she was making. I mean, we were talking. Obviously, you you brought up the same point. I mean, the number one problem an independent filmmaker has raising money. But she was also like she kind of made the point that this her film, uh, and 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 we're going to talk a little bit about her next film coming up because it's an animation, which is kind of an interesting challenge in and of itself, and. And she made the point that, you know, it's kind of a European flavor. Uh, you know, basically, she says, you know, Europeans tend to have more depressing films, mm-hmm. uh, to have a more depressing side to the film. And, so, and then there was a point you were going to make, and then, you know, you know that films oftentimes, uh, the word you use with propaganda, or at least face of the values of that nation or that group of people. Uh, go ahead and follow up on that, Laura Donna. Oh me no! I mean, every filmmaker yeah. it, it is uh, raised in a society and has his or her values. Most of the time, belong to the society where she or he grew up. So you know, as Europeans are very nihilistic, their films reflect that. And since Americans in general are very optimistic, or at least it's America was founded on the philosophy of positivism, you know. That that reflects in the films most of the mm-hmm. time, most of the time, you know, most of the time. Yeah. And that you said like you have a movie like Life Is Beautiful. Remember that old movie with yeah, uh, yeah. But yeah. that has a I very remember the, the Italian actor. Yeah. The Italian. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, and that movie won the Oscar, whatever it was. But it's not as I mean, it's a it's an uplifting movie. At the end, and you know, the the kid gets saved. He's reunited with his mom. The dad dies, but still, it's an uplifting, and that's why it was success, so successful in America. I mean, it was successful in Europe too, but that's why it resonated more with uh, an American audience because it wasn't depressing. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't like, oh my God, yeah. everybody's gonna die, no hope. But you know, you can tell, you can say something like that with, you know, films coming from all over the world. They reflect their culture. You know. And Pentimento right. reflected, reflected that, you know, that kind yeah. of uh, idea. Yeah. But, you know. yeah. Now, now that you've lived in America for at least over two decades, because it was, yeah. what, 1999 you came over? At the end of 1999, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. you were what? You were, eight, yeah, 18 years old at the time, if I remember, correct? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, you were just, yeah, yeah. just a little teenage, yeah. Mm. Well, that's a big move for somebody, you know, that young to make that kind of a move. Mm, uh, yeah, I was very naive, you know. I was very silly, naive, you know. It took a long yeah. time. I mean, you know, it takes a long time to understand, to become an illegal immigrant, to become, to have a green card, to understand the, you know, understand the culture, at least the East Coast culture. You know, learn the language, yeah. at least to be able to communicate, you know. It takes yeah. a very long time, 
you know, uh, I'm very happy with my choice, you know. A lot of immigrants yeah. go back maybe after three years or after seven years, and that they feel like very in a limbo because they can't adapt yeah. to the culture they left anymore either, you know. What? Well, I'm going to say, you're really more of a New Yorker now than anything else, right? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, you probably can say that. Yeah. 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 I like you. I mean, I live yeah, in yeah. Jersey. I lived uh, in Jersey a little bit. Yeah. But, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. So somebody, I mean, occasionally, I guess it's, uh, yeah, Jersey's that place where uh, New Yorkers go to when they have, uh, you know, when they, you know, when basically they, how should I put it? You know, you know, New Jersey is a you know kind of a leftover place. I found most New yeah. Yorkers view need northern New Jersey is leftover. <laughs> oh my God, it, it, it's right. like you just cross the bridge. It's a it's a you know it's a, like a different country. It's like different yeah. rhythms, um, yeah, different way to mm-hmm. deal with stuff. Yeah, you know, we don't have a subway, so it that yeah. makes a huge difference. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Child, like I say, you yeah, you've been you know you say you're a I know you were born. You were no, you were raised in Louisiana, correct? Uh, I was there when I was a kid. So um, I was, yeah, I actually was raised in Houston, pretty much, like from the fourth grade all the way through high school. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, now, when when did you go to L- when did you say, hey, I'm going to go to L.A.? Yeah. You know, when did you make that move? Um, that was pretty much right out of, right out of school. I, like I graduated from high school and, um, and I, I knew I wanted to go to California. So, and then it was just a matter of like, how do I do, what do I do to get there? You know? So then the school, the first school that I went to was, uh, USIU, which is in San Diego. And then I ended up going to Cal arts, which is like right North of, of Los Angeles. And I'm, I've been here like ever since. Mm-hmm. Hey. So basically, you're kind of like, in a way, Laura Donna, you kind of made your move when you were young and said, I'm going for it. Uh, oh, yeah. Now, you did know, you I always was gonna say, I was going to say something. Right. It's like there's something about the the youth and, um, you know, willful ignorance, you know, and, yeah. and that's the kind of thing that, like, mm-hmm. allows for that, hey, I'm just going to mm-hmm. go uh, to the other side of the world and it's going to be fine and I'm going to kick ass and, like, and that's it. And it's like, that's that's the mindset that you go, you know, being like a, yeah. a, a young man or young woman. And I think that that mm-hmm. is, uh, that is the essence of, of what makes things happen, you know? So, uh, yeah, thank, thank goodness for, uh, I mean, you get your for, ass kicked a lot, right? Oh yeah. I mean, I got my ass kicked many, many times. So it's not going to be, you go there, you don't really kick ass. You just get your ass kicked a lot. At least well, as an yeah, he, he's like, it's not going to be, nobody's going to give it to you. you know? no, no, that's true. Well, that's true no matter what, for it's sure. It's not going to be a, especially a being smooth ride. It's not going to be a yeah. smooth ride. Everybody's going to have fun. No, no, you're going to suffer. Yeah. You're going to suffer. And the people stay, get to the benefits of it. Most people leave, right? You, you don't even have to be from another country. I'm sure you have a lot of people, you know, a lot of people that, moved to L.A., and then they went back somewhere else, or they left L.A. because, you know, they didn't plan out I, exactly the way they wanted. Many. It, many. I know yeah. many people that did that, yeah. It's, it's uh, I mean, living, you know, living in big cities, it's its its, its own thing, yeah. and it's like you're either going to, you know, going to dig it and, and you know, yeah. fall into it. Like, you know, there's, like, New York people, you know, they're like, that. Mm-hmm. they'll never leave New York, and, like, you take it all, and it's like, it is what it is, mm-hmm. and it's just awesome, and 
to also bustle and the creativity and and that's kind of what I find here in Hollywood, you know, that yeah. uh, that I don't find other places. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wanted to move to LA, but then you have to drive, and I don't want to drive, man. I don't want to drive. I want to walk. To take the train. That's the thing. That's what I want. That's the thing. Yeah. That's why I was that's late to this. I was, I, I was coming back home. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, that's yeah. Like, you know, here's the thing with that. I mean, I've been there. Yeah, I've been to. I mean, I've been to both LA and I. So I go to New York uh, quite a bit because my youngest daughter lives in Brooklyn. And if I remember, are you still live in Queens, uh, Laura? No, I live in Brooklyn too. I live in. Oh, you live in Brooklyn? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. I live in Flatbush though. She lives in Red Hook, right? Yeah. Yeah, She she well, she lives in Sunset Park. Yeah. Which is, uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's like let me say the. How should I define it here? It's the D train exit 36th mm-hmm. Street. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm, so you, mm-hmm, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. that's how you do New York. It's, it's, the, it's the, uh, train, the, the D train 36th Street. Uh, mm-hmm. Then you'll know where everything is. All right, hold on that thought. This is Tom Donaldson. We're going to have uh, Kyle and Laura Donna back to talk more about independent films. And then we're going to talk about, you know, our, have we become a nation of assholes? And, uh, <laughs> And I do want to kind of talk about what's going on in, you know, with the L.A. and New York with everything. So we will – this is Tom Donaldson here on the Donaldson Files and the Bachelor News Radio Network. You might know me. I'm 50 Cent. You may follow my tweets, my Facebook friends. Odds are a few in the six degrees separate us. We're that close. What's crazy is one in six don't know where their next meal is coming from. These are your coworkers, your neighbors, your friends. Hunger's too close for us to ignore. So visit feedingamerica.org slash hunger and find your local food bank to see how you can make a difference. From one close friend to another, let's do this. I'm 50 Cent, and together we are Feeding America. A message from Feeding America and the Ad Council. And since Buffalo Wild Wings is always open late, here are a few things you'll enjoy. Buzzer beaters, wings in 21 signature sauces and seasonings, and great deals on food and beer. Grab select domestic draft beers starting at $4. $4 shareables like street tacos, fried pickles, chili queso dip, mozzarella sticks, and roasted garlic mushrooms, and deals on select liquor and house cocktails. Phew, that's a mouthful. Catch all of the late night action. Buffalo Wild Wings, wings, beer, sports. Offers and participation vary. Please drink responsibly. Void where prohibited. Thank you. Back here the Donaldson Files here on the Bachelor News Radio Network. Uh, again, if you want to listen to this program, one of the great programs on the Bachelor News Radio Network, here's how you can do it. Number one, uh, bachelornews.airtime.pro. We have a schedule. Look at your schedule for your favorite show, like the Donaldson Files is uh, 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central Time, 1 p.m. Uh, Pacific Time, or as we sometimes say, Kyle Time. And uh, and or you can do it through 4 p.m. Eastern time or Laura Donna time, uh, 3 p.m. Central time, and one no, yeah, 1 p.m. Uh, uh, Pacific time. So great shows anytime at all times. SebastianNewsRadioNetwork.com. Uh, we're also on StreamYard.com. We're on TuneIn and iTunes. But like I say, uh, StreamYard.com is the place to go if you want to really get. A real good feel, feel for this show. Uh, this is Tom Donaldson. We're back with our two guests, Kyle and Laura Donna, talking about what we're going to do, like I say, independent filmmaking, uh, a few things. And I might even, and I've already told this to, to Laura Donna, so start thinking about Kyle near the end of the show. I may just ask you for your three favorite movies or three of your favorite movies. 
Oh. Mm. So, but, uh, all right. Okay. I'm going to go back to, okay, to you, Colin. We've talked about this before. Uh, you know, you've made quite a, so first of all, number one, talk about some of the independent films you've already made. Uh, all right. Well, you know, I, that, um, this, my, my first, experience with coming on as, as uh, being part of a produ- production team was uh, the, with the chair with Roddy Piper. And um, I came on to that one as an actor. And then I ended up producing it because I, it was being shot in LA and I was here in LA. And so the creator, Peter Samedi, uh would ask me questions and, um, and I always had the right answers or I knew the answers anyway, you know, whether they're the right ones or not, I'm not sure. But um, he would ask me stuff, and I would know what to do, you know, like where to shoot, who, who sound people are, like oh, how are we going to get a set, like all those kinds of questions. And um, so he then he had interviewed a bunch of uh, people, like A-type personality types, uh, to, to produce the film, and, and they were all, you know, oh, I'm going to do this and recast it, and, you know, and you got to pay me a, a bazillion dollars up front. And, you know, and he was like, who are these jerks? You know, and so like I don't know, man. You know, it's like that's how some people are. So and then he asked, uh, he asked me if I wanted to do it. So, so I said yes, and uh, so that was my first one, and uh, that's the chair. You, you can find it on Amazon uh, or Tubi. And then uh, and then I reached out to uh, Hilton Ruiz. Uh, he's uh, he's now become a good friend of mine, and he lives in New York. And so this uh, lives on Long, on Long Island. Yeah, but oh, so we like shot. Said, yeah, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so we shot we shot the movie um, in the city, uh, Zombie with a Shotgun. Um, so this was his his baby um, that he had like you know made a web series and a comic and all that kind of stuff. So so I, I played um, a bounty hunter in that film. Yeah, uh, yeah, Zombie with a Shotgun. So and now I'm on onto uh, onto mine, Creature Six, and that is in post production right now and. Uh, Still going, so yeah, that's that's oh. how I got started. Well, yeah, that's not good. Now, like you said, both of you have saved money. Now, you're kind of trying to do a unique way of raising money. Uh, tell us for pre- to finishing up Preacher Six. Tell us more about what it is you're now doing. Um, well, basically, it's kind of like spinning plates. So it's like whatever. Like everybody has a particular thing that they like feel comfortable contributing to. So, I mean, we've done primarily Indiegogo's, and we have a GoFundMe for Preacher Six right now, and then also through Patreon. So it's like whatever whatever people want to do, like with Patreon, you can get behind-the-scenes stuff, and um, it's like it's, it's really cheap. You get, like, for three bucks, you know. So it's a Kyle Hester actor guy on Patreon if you want to check it out. Um, and so that's, like, a fun way to – to do it too it's like keeping the audience involved and um but yes some people like to do the indiegogo like for the perks and and uh, some people are just comfortable with gofundme so I, I keep them all kind of open and available but it's uh it, you know it's like this is the love of film from uh from film fans so that's really what's made these films possible like none of those films that i mentioned the, the roddy piper's last movie that was the chair so that would not have happened without film fans, you know, doing the Kickstarter and making it happen. Same with Zombie with a Shotgun, you know, all fan funded. So, um, yeah, and it's like a, it's a little, it's a cottage industry, you know, that is just from, from film people that love independent film that want to see it, you know. So then 
they they make it happen. Mm-hmm. All right, now okay, now I'm gonna go back here, Lorna, because you now have shifted uh, uh, shifted to an animation. You're you're producing an animation. So first, mm-hmm. now what is the title of the animation that you're making? Uh, kind of a description mm-hmm. of the plot, and mm-hmm. uh, we'll start with those two questions, then we'll follow up. Well, so it's called Where Did You Go, Little Soul? And it's uh, it's a science fiction film, right? So I wanted to, yeah. you know, of course I would have loved to be able to make it with real people, but then it's still possible. You never know in life. But, um, you know, and with the pandemic and everything, and I just didn't want to spend my time looking for money. So I and. And that would have could have taken years, you know. It can take years. I just didn't want to want. I didn't want to do that. So I, I just wanted to try something different. And you know, last year you couldn't hire anybody. It was just too difficult. And and so I was like, you know, I'm gonna make this with um, dolls and animation and animation software. So yeah, we'll see what goes. You know, right now that is putting so together cool. the assembly. Yeah. Oh, thank yeah. you. Yeah. And by the way, she's got her Instagram. She's got ever so often her Instagram and all. That she's got you know some of the, Linda. Well, you know Kyle, you ought to be looking because she does produce like I say scenes ever so often that she's working on uh, on Instagram and also on Twitter. So first of all, tell yeah. people on the your Instagram where it is. Uh, oh, then, so it's my it's my name backward. So it's A N A. D E R O L A R T. So it's anaderolart at Instagram.com. Mm-hmm. You know. So right now yeah. I'm just putting together, uh, like right now I'm just doing the first assembly. So the videos that I usually put out are just first cut, and uh, yeah. and they they seem to be very popular in Asia. Which I it makes sense because if in in Asia they're very like like Japan and Korea China they're I mean China I any mean, Instagram it's not in China but uh, they're you know they love fantasy and they love animation anime so it makes sense about that this kind of thing weird thing is kind of popular over there. Yeah. But, but uh, well, here, like say, yeah. yeah yeah okay so, I mean, when the yeah, yeah, but but okay. isn't your lead character the lead male? Isn't he Asian? Oh yeah, yeah. I was like, you know, since I'm gonna have dolls, I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna yeah. hire who I want. You know, it's like so. I was like, well, yeah. maybe an Asian dude as yeah. a lead. You know, why not? Who cares? You know, and you know, it's um, and it's an adult yeah. movie, so it's not for kids. I mean, there are dolls involved, yeah. but uh, you know, it's gonna have it's yeah. gonna have a sex scene in it. <laughs> you know, and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, a lot of yeah. violence. You know, stuff like that. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a science fiction film, but it does have. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I, you know, I never. You and I were talking about that scene, and uh, uh, and like I said, it's a great scene. It's a unique scene. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, but it's it worth was? waiting for. It's a unique Which scene. Which one? The. Can uh, you say the, it one more uh, time? The, the sex scene that you have with the oh yeah yeah I can't leads. post stuff like that on Instagram you know it's like they're not gonna let you <laughs> you know it's like man <laughs> you know but, yeah. but you know it's like, yeah. and it's so funny yeah, because for, for a I, minute for a minute I thought she was baiting you into saying it again she's like what's that sex scene what, say it one more time the sex scene 
<laughs> but you know, no, listen up, listen up. The doll, and I'm not making this up. I ordered the doll, right? Because I, I mean, I said I don't know much about about dolls either. I mean, I had to learn, you know. And so yeah. the Asian guy, it's like a, it came with a penis, two penises. Can you believe that? <laughs> so no. much. I can't make this up. It came on the mail with the two little penises. I'm not making this up. Wait, like so, like um, um like yeah. two for the one doll? Yeah. Like one, you know, let's say resting and one that's uh, you know no excited. Yeah, I'm serious. <laughs> 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 Cracking up, man. Yes. So the dolls are small. The dolls are like thirty inch um no, sorry, yeah, twenty eight inches. You know, the dolls. So it's not, it's not big dolls, right? But yeah, it's like and the little girl and the little girl, I mean the doll that's the protagonist. It, I bought it from China. You know, Chinese is crazy. You know, they do everything. She has the Volvo. <laughs> it's AJ. It's crazy. Wow. So, I know. Uh, I can't believe so, it. Okay. You know, it's interesting. Um, I, yeah. I, I think that, I don't know, different cultures. It's like, you know, I think uh, America is dogs, like you know? super, you know, it's like America, you know, we yeah. don't talk about that here. You know, yeah. nobody, nobody has a penis. Nobody has a vagina. We don't talk about those things. You know, you, you keep that in, in your house, you know, until you get yeah. on a computer and everybody does whatever they want. But, uh, yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. But on the Donaldson Files, we do kind of occasionally talk about those things, especially on the Tuesday mm-hmm. edition. Uh, when Coco, when Coco's on the air, this is in honor of Coco. I just to let everybody know, Coco's uh, dog Reagan has been having some health issues, and that's where she was last week. That's where she is today. Uh, he mm-hmm. does have some heart issues to go along with arthritis, and so she. Uh, that's right. Bit, yeah. So and the dog's only seven years old. It's a cute little dog, cute little beagle. Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, all right, all right. Back to uh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean. Like I said, this is—I mean—it's kind of interesting because, in a way, this was the—you know—this was one of those things where it was more about necessity. You went in this direction, yeah. And it sounds yeah. like, and based and based on what you've presented so far in Instagram, you know, I've been kind of impressed with what I've seen so far with the, you know, what oh, you've been able sweet. to do. You're sweet. What? I'm being honest there, and I think Kyle was the to go on your Instagram. He was uh, he would say the same thing. Uh, that it's I mean, been pretty okay. impressive. I, I, I mean, this is thank you. I appreciate it. I mean, this is just the first assembly. When I know I get into post, I have I will have to have uh, an after after effect editor that's gonna really help me give a little bit of more realism. Like I have a hard time, for example, when the dolls are supposed to walk or running or whatever. That's one of the toughest things to do, you know, because they look like they very stiff, you know, very dull. So I want to see yeah. if with an After Effects editor, I can come to some kind of a compromise where they their movements seem a little bit more realistic, you know. But you know, maybe mm-hmm. in a year from now when I'm done, you know. All right, yeah. sounds good. Okay, uh, when we get back here, we're going. To, I'm gonna have Kyle uh, talk a little bit mm-hmm. more about Preacher Six, and then we're gonna go into mm-hmm. uh, a piece that I saw called "Has COVID Turned the U- Turns All into Assholes?" Because I thought this was a you know, kind of an interesting article, and I want to kind of get your opinion on it. And so mm-hmm. uh, this is Tom Donaldson here the Donaldson Files and the Bachelor News Radio Network. 
Uh, stay tuned. Uh, if you want to uh, put this number down, write this number down, because you're going to want to call in for the last 20 minutes uh, to talk about, uh, and if you have any, you know, weird questions about dolls with penises, uh, well, <laughs> you know, Lord Donna will answer them. Here on the Bachelor News Radio, Bachelor News Radio Network, 646-929-0130. You might know me, I'm 50 Cent. You may follow my tweets, my Facebook friends. Odds are a few in the six degrees separate us. We're that close. What's crazy is one in six don't know where their next meal is coming from. These are your co-workers, your neighbors, your friends. Hunger's too close for us to ignore. So visit feedingamerica.org slash hunger and find your local food bank to see how you can make a difference. From one close friend to another, let's do this. I'm 50 Cent and together we are Feeding America. A message from Feeding America and the Ad Council. Napa know-how. Napa guy knows not to judge a man by his car's multicolored paint job or absence of modern gadgetry. Who cares if it's technically old enough to vote and the windows are powered by the strength of your left arm? Your monthly payment is zero, and it'll stay that way. Because with over 500,000 parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep anything on the road. She may not be pretty, but she's all yours. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. Yeah, Napa Know How, be a sponsor of this program. Here's what you need to do. Email labachelor40 at gmail.com. We'll send you out a sales team to get the right package for you. So, And also, you can listen to this program on the bachelornews.airtime.pro. Um, there's a schedule every day. For example, the Donaldson Files, 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Central Time, or it is Central Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the bachelornews.airtime.pro. And don't forget, you can also get us on streamyard.com. And we're, you know, back to, okay, now, okay, again, back, okay, to Kyle. Now, Kyle, you, you know, like I say, right now you're in that last stage of the editing side of trying to get this thing finished up. And and you have always, you, Coco, and Lord Don and Pass have always said, this is the last time-consuming effort. And oftentimes this may almost take as long as actually making the movie. Uh, your thoughts? I mean, you still have that opinion. Let's put it that way. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, this is that's absolutely true. I mean, uh, right now it's like she was talking about, you know, getting someone to come in and, you know, help with different parts of, you know, the, the effects and whatnot for that. And, and so right now it's like, there's so many things that you can do now, uh, you know, with editing and digital stuff. And it's like, I'm kind of diving in to that, to, to learn more about what's possible, you know, for the film. Um, so, so kind of like uh, working, working with everybody to, to, to bring all the, the visual effects together and, and done because it's like, you don't even know what's possible until you know what's possible, you know? So that's kind of part of, of what I'm doing right now. You know, I'm learning the, the Adobe premiere, you know, editing software and then after effects and what's possible with mm-hmm. after effects and, and just thinking how you can apply certain things, you know, to your, to your film. So that's where, that's where we are right now. It's just a, the creative side of post. All right, good. Uh, 
Now, like I said, we'll come back, you know, near the end of the show and have the both of you, you know, talk more very briefly about the film and how they can help uh, two aspiring artists to make their, finish their dreams. But there's an art, there's a couple of things here. Number one, because I wanted to kind of get in two different areas, uh, what's going on in L.A., what's going on in New York, uh, you know, it's, uh, I guess, the post-pandemic or pre-pandemic or the Delta pandemic, I'm not sure which stage we're in. But there was a very piece, there was this interesting article told me, and this guy was sitting there talking about, uh, you know, the fact that a lot of people reopened. And I'm going to put it this way. I, I live in Iowa, and I can tell you the biggest problem that most businesses have here, including restaurants and uh, and retail stores, is just finding people to fill slots. I mean, I've literally, most of the restaurants here are about half empty, mainly because they just don't have enough servers to serve you. Uh, I mean, like the bartender at the one bar I had, I mean, she's basically waiting on a third of the table in addition to being the bartender. And so, and, and so like this gentleman, you know, mentioned that, you know, how, you know, customers have become irate, uh, you know, because they're waiting for tables despite the tables are unoccupied and there's lots of patience. And it's like, there's a lack of patience is what the article was, you know, have, you know, wow. have we gotten to that, you know, lack of patience where literally these poor workers, those who are actually working right now serving you, you know, they're, mm-hmm. you know, they're feeling the brunt of it. And I guess yeah. my first question, now, you know, what's your, you know, have you guys seen anything like this, you know, when you got in a restaurant where, you know, you've seen this kind of, you know, boorish behavior, maybe I'll put it that way. Mm-hmm. And your thoughts, I'll start with you, uh, Kyle. You know, um, I actually haven't witnessed that myself, but I, I can I can say that it's it's understandable. People like have kind of you know it's like you forget how to socialize. You know, it's like how do I do this? Mm-hmm. Okay, I talk, you talk. You know, and then you talk, and then I talk. Or like mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's like because it, it you know everybody's kind of been in their house for a long time. So I think uh, you know, and, it's, and once when you spend a lot of time with yourself then all you have is yourself. So then you, you, it's kind of like your basic, you know, kind of like standing pattern is different than it would be, you know, just going out and kind of interacting with people on a, on a regular basis. It's like, oh, yeah, I can't just be a jerk, you know, because that's not nice. And people forget that, you know, if they spend mm-hmm. a lot of time not around other people. So that, that's my theory anyway. Yeah, that's not a bad theory. I mean, that's not a bad theory because there is that aspect that comes in play where, you know, you know, we haven't, I mean, we've kind of, you know, for a lot of people, they're just getting back into the groove of going out on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, and so, you know, that's a very good point. I mean, Laura, Donna, your thoughts. I mean, have you, what have you seen? What have you observed in the New York area? Because, you know, New Yorkers, mm-hmm. there's a toughness to New Yorkers. Begin mm. with. So, I mean, have well, you? No, I mean, I, I would say, well, okay, I don't go to restaurants a lot, just because I'm always doing, I'm always working on this movie when I, I have free time, so I don't hang out, hang out that much. But no, I didn't witness anything like that. But also, like, I think New York is like seventy percent back, maybe seventy five percent back, yeah. and it's not as crowded yeah. as it was before. It's not. But it's, I mean, I take the train every day, so 
getting packed again, you know, packed and, you know, people don't, you know, for example, people sit close to each other. They, you know, like even two months ago, people wouldn't sit close to each other. Now everybody's, I mean, you can't avoid it anymore. You have to sit close to each other. Um, No, I didn't see anything, but it's like, I don't know. Um, Maybe Ohio is a little bit, a little bit more, you know, a little behind right now still. But uh, um, yeah. no, I didn't witness anything like that. But yeah, yeah. So definitely, I would say that social skills <laughs> have suffered in general, yeah. right? In general, they have suffered because, like Kyle says, it's easy when you're by yourself and you have Amazon yeah. Prime or whatever, and you're not used to wait anymore and have patience for others and uh, definitely. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. well, let me give this go back to you. Let's try and talk about okay. Okay, you say seventy percent back. Let me put it this way. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, like I said, I have not been back since the pandemic. Uh, you know, I have oh, not, I- but I will be back. You know, I am scheduled back. I'm going to be making my reservations. to spend a week in New York with my daughter. Uh, we're oh, going to you know, see the U.S. We're going to see the U.S. Open, uh, mm-hmm. and we're going to you know just kind of hang around and uh, and see the sights. So here's my question to you. You know, mm-hmm. is New York is the Times Square starting to crowd up? You say seventy percent. I know for a while people were saying, you, you know, people I talked to who were, you know, New mm-hmm. Yorkers that I know very well and I've worked with, you know, say, you know, it's like there, you know, for a period of time. I mean, you can go to Times Square and be like zero mm-hmm. people there, one or two people. Mm-hmm. So is that starting mm-hmm. to pick? Is that are you starting yeah. to see people in New yeah. Times Square? Sure, absolutely. I mean, it's not like before yet, but yes. I mean, Broadway shows are going to reopen in September. Apparently, and now mm-hmm. they're planning. A, there is a big concert coming up in uh, in August. I, all the boroughs are gonna have a concert, but the one it's one in Central yeah. Park. I think they free, eighty uh, percent free, and uh, you have to be vaccinated yeah. to attend. But uh, yeah, it's mm-hmm. gonna be a big, big concert. So I, I actually planning to go, and you don't have to wear a mask. So. Okay, how about you, uh, Kaya? What's going on in LA? Because now they're making you wear masks here, right? Is that what oh, I'm yeah. hearing? Or yeah, yeah. Inside, yeah, inside, yeah, to wear masks. Um, mm-hmm. It's funny because like that is, uh, I think it's happening in St. Louis now, too, from mm-hmm. what I saw. Um, mm-hmm. So it, I think that's it's going to come back. And the CDC, you know, today just mm-hmm. came out with recommendations yeah. for you know mm-hmm. for where the hot spots are for everybody to wear masks, whether you're vaccinated or not. And and I mean yeah. and that was like um, you know I'm vaccinated, so is my wife. And um, mm-hmm. and it was like such a great feeling to yeah. uh, to be able to like you know not worry about it you know so mm-hmm. and and it was like go inside and you know and I mean, it's funny because I even got like funny looks just taking my mask off and going in, inside places when you could you know mm-hmm. um, and so yeah. like for it to come back it's um, I, I, yeah I I could I could say I was a little angry at the people that are not getting vaccinated because like, that's yeah. what's going on now. You know, all these people yeah. that are sick and dying, you know, the 90% of them or more are unvaccinated people. So it's like the fact that we yeah. have to wear masks now has nothing to do with anything that I'm doing. It's yeah. all these people well, that you know, want to get a freaking you know, vaccine. You know, I, you know, like I said, tomorrow night we're going to have a show that they, you know, talking about a lot of this, but you know, my view has always been, if you're vaccinated, you're already protected. You know, I could give a mm. crap at this point. If anybody else is mm-hmm. not vaccinated, and so I don't care. I'm vaccinated. Mm-hmm. I've got 
pretty good protection, mm-hmm. even with the Delta. I mean, because I, I just got finished looking at the British data on the Delta, and and mm-hmm. uh, basically, you, you, there's you know the good news that people are not hearing is that in Britain, uh, the Delta mm-hmm. virus. I mean, what you know they're seeing is that it's about one fifth to one. What half. is it? What did you say? In England, what's happening in one, England? It's by one. Yeah, it's in England, their their most recent data they put out, like the Delta virus, is mm-hmm. you know the death is about one fifth of the of what was it preceded it. So it's not oh. as lethal. Yeah, and there's not yeah. as many people are being hospitalized, mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. basically to me it's mutating to a less virulent, and like they'll yeah. have more details. And my attitude is, you know what, I got vaccinated. I don't give a crap if you know yeah. if you want to not get vaccinated, fine. You can you know, but hey, dude. I'm not the one who's going to get sick. It's going to be you, dude. It's not me. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And I, know. I, yeah. And and I, and and I, we don't have. I mean, we quit. I mean, long time. I mean, we're pretty much the only time I wear a mask is when I go to the airport. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the only time I get the mask is when I go to the airport anymore. And you know, we've mm-hmm. been like that for quite a while. Uh, the only problem I have right now is finding restaurants where you can find enough workers to get to get you know get the proper seating. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, I was just kind of curious because I like I say it's going to be interesting because you know there are a lot of states like Iowa, for example, where we've been off this thing, and I'm not sure mm-hmm. it's going to play as well because L.A. and my you know you know California was one of the last states to basically mm-hmm. unmask. Oh and wow! So, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and New York was certainly was behind Iowa when it came to unmasking, so it's going to be mm-hmm. kind of interesting. When we get different parts. Of it. All right, we got a few minutes left, so I'm going to start. Mm-hmm. I've got three. There's three movies that I picked, and uh, <laughs> and you know, you know, great movies. Uh, one, mm-hmm. you know, I saw this last night, Blazing Saddles. I mean, I just love that movie. It is still. What can you say it uh, again? Bla- which is the title? Blazing Blazing Saddles. The oh, Mel Brooks okay. classic. Okay. Uh, Citizen Kane. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and if you're listening, if you go to Citizen Kane, I mean, what they're, you know, the, what he says about the media and the newspaper, I'll tell you mm-hmm. the truth, it's not much different today. <laughs> what yeah, he described, yeah, totally. it's still fresh today. Yeah. And then there's a I movie agree. called Advice and Consent. It's one oh. of those mo- pol- you know, political movies. It deals uh-huh. with the, you know, where a sec, where they're, you know, trying to get a secretary of state through the Senate. You know, he's, he's oh, been nominated a president. He's got a controversial past. He was a, you know, he was a member of the Communist Party, uh, mm-hmm. supposedly. Um, and this is like 1962. So this is where this coming in. And so, you know, the drama that gets around, uh, you know, getting this guy confirmed. And it's a very well done. You got, and again, if you look at the movie, there's just, you know, you look at it today, you look at things, it's like you can recognize certain people or certain mm-hmm. characters that today would, you know, you know, you can almost imagine those characters, and 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 then it has a very surprise ending at the very end. Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh, cool. you know, is what is it got a very surprise ending? About okay, okay, Kyle, what about yourself? Wow. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with, uh, well, first, the, the movie that, like, brought me into, like, wanting to get into film was The Shining with Jack Nicholson. Mm-hmm. And um, and that's just a classic. You know, if you like horror, you, yeah. uh, that's, that's mm-hmm. the one. Um, yeah. 
And there's yeah, a bunch a great of movie. Uh, yeah, there's there's a bunch of movies that could be like uh, second. Like actually, um, and the, I mean, this is kind of a theme here with like kind of groundbreaking movies because it's like I'm always looking for like what's gonna be the thing, you know, that like breaks that ground. And I think uh, the Matrix, the first one, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, I watched that in the theater like 15 times. You know, it was like, oh, what am yeah. I seeing? Like, like, what is this? You know, oh, my God, this is amazing. You know, that kind of, uh, yeah. yeah, groundbreaking stuff. And then on a, on a different tack altogether, um, I would say it's No Country for Old Men is one of my mm. favorite mm. movies. Yeah, it's a pretty mm. great movie. Yeah. 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 Okay. Oh, those are some good choices. Okay, uh, Laura Donna, you have any thoughts? Hmm. Okay, so there are so many movies, like we said, and it's different. I'll say uh, one of the movies that really, like, struck a chord with me was Old Boy, the original version, 2003. It's a South Korean movie by Park Chan-wook, and it's, uh, I mean, Spike Lee made a new version, but it's, it's not as good, I'm sorry. But you yeah. have to see Old Boy. The original version is so crazy. It's so twisted, and it's just you. Yeah, it's just an original, and it's you know the sensibility is so different from our sensibility. That's like just a, just a huge surprise. I, I love this director, and um, then this Lars von Trier is this Swedish crazy Swedish director. I think I really like Melancholia and the Antichrist. If you never seen, I mean, you gotta see Antichrist. Some crazy ass movie, you know what I mean? Watch it. Yeah. You gotta see that movie, Antichrist. Hmm. Antichrist. It's okay. Crazy. It's oh my right. god. I, I, <laughs> yeah. I can't tell you what happens. I can't tell you because it's some crazy. I I couldn't watch. I had to close my eyes and I was like, I, I'm not. I don't know what she's gonna do to him. I don't know All what right. she's Wait gonna do. It's I'm crazy. Gonna, I'm gonna need you. I'm gonna need you to repeat those because I gotta write these down. Okay. What What okay. were your movies? Okay. So. Watch Old Boy, the original version. Old Boy, okay. 2003, you know, it's a South Korean movie um, okay. by, um, you know, uh, Park Chan-wook. And he made, he, he did the trilogy of revenge. The trilogy of revenge is Lady Vengeance and Sympathy for uh, Mr. Vengeance, which is good. It's not bad, it's good. You have to see the way he master, he, his master shots are Unbelievable, unbelievable. Okay. Uh, but you know, old boys, he won't can. I mean, old boys from crazy ass. I mean, really? Oh my god! Right. It's like, oh my god! Good luck when you watch it. And it's like really entertaining and suspenseful. It's never boring. You know, whatever. And Lars von Trier, and Lars von Trier, he does crazy movies. Like if you see Antichrist. I mean, mm-hmm. it start, I mean, I can't tell you, but it starts with, this, with William Defoe. It starts with the couple having sex, but the, there is a child involved. Not, not involved in the sex, but he, he, like, he, um, he cross-cut from the couple, you know, having sex, yeah. and yeah. the kid who's leaving his own bedroom. And then you don't know what's going to happen. He's not going to see his parents having sex. No, it's nothing to do like this. But it's uh, where is the child going to go wild while he's being unsupervised by the parents? Anyway, you got to see that. 
and, and you know, you don't know, you see, okay, uh, where is this movie going to go, you know, you know, whatever. And you can never find out what's going to happen at the end. You, you, you just have to watch it because – did you see Nymphomaniac? No. Nymphomaniac 1 <laughs> and Nymphomaniac 2. Oh, man. We're going to have to stop you because we're at the end of the hour. So I want to thank yeah. Kyle Hester and Laura Donna Gasparato for joining us. Uh, you can very briefly, uh, Kyle, tell them where they can find you. Oh, Look oh. me up on Twitter, Kyle, Kyle Hester. All right, sounds good. And uh, I tell you what, this is Tom Donaldson. We're saying good night here from the Donaldson Files on the Bachelor News Radio Network. Breaking news out of southern Wisconsin where a man has been shot execution style while filling up his car at a gas station. The suspect then opened fire at a second gas station, but an undercover officer fired back there, killing that gunman. The officer was also wounded. WGN's Patrick Elwood is live in Franksville, Wisconsin with the latest. Pat. Ray and Micah, good evening to you. Investigators still very much trying to figure out the motive of the gunman, the suspect who was eventually shot dead. But to sum up the Racine County Sheriff's feelings today, if it were not for one of his deputies, things could have been much worse. A 32-year-old white male from Heartland approached a 22-year-old white male from Elkhorn who was simply putting gas in his car and was viciously executed. Racine County, Wisconsin Sheriff Christopher Schmalling describing what happened at the Pilot Travel Center, a popular gas station and convenience store. The time was 7.30 this morning. After firing at and missing another person, that gunman drove off. His next and final stop was a mobile gas station about two miles away where he approached with gun drawn an undercover sheriff's deputy who had just started his shift. The deputy, a 21-year law enforcement veteran, drew fast and the two exchanged shots. The suspect was hit several times and killed. The deputy was also shot and hospitalized with what is described as a non-life-threatening wound. It should be noted, ladies and gentlemen, this is 7.30 in the morning at this mobile station. It was bustling with activity, people getting their gas and people getting their morning cup of coffee. There is no doubt in my mind the quick and heroic actions of our investigator saved lives today. This gentleman was at the first gas station, the pilot, thankful, you bet he is, to escape unharmed. I don't know, it was a sigh of relief that I happened to leave right before, like, I don't know, like a sign from God or something, but I'm just glad I left before everything happened. So no names being released uh, this evening, but again, they are trying to figure out a motive, no doubt, presumably going through his phone records, his computer records, to see if there's any kind of indication of what set this guy off this morning. Reporting for Southern Wisconsin in Franksville, Patrick Elwood, WGN News. Ray and Micah, back to you in the studio. Thank you, Patrick. Heavy rains and flash flooding wreaking havoc. On hey, we want to welcome everyone to you and the law. Uh, we want to... I want to introduce my co-host, who goes by the name of Keith Humphrey. Say, man, you got a little you're swag. Gonna right. You're gonna get it right. I've, I've told you. We've been doing this well over a year. I've told you that I'm not gonna. I'm, I'm not gonna start responding until you call me Chief Swag, sir. Well, well, I tell you what. Let me let me rewind that back up again, and let me say, Chief Swag, sir. 
Okay. Yes. Yes. Is that, that's, yes. that's better. Yes, peasant. <laughs> yes, peasant. <laughs> yes. Well, What's going on, well, man? Hey, What's happening, brother? Man, not a whole lot. Not a whole lot, man. It is. It is glad to be in your company again. Uh, just an honor to always uh, come together to have these conversations with you. So, you know, he, uh, I, you know, first of all, you know, for those who may be a first-time listener or may find our podcast show on on Spotify or any other social media platform, you know, I think, you know, we need to let people know what is you and the law about? They may say, "What is this show? What is what is this you and the law podcast show about?" So, you know, I'm gonna let our listeners know what this show is about. Is is that is that okay with you? Oh, absolutely. I think that's a I think that's a good thing, bro. Well, you know, Keith, you know, this show is an informative, proactive discussion regarding racial equality, racial justice. Um, that involves the minority community and and the law enforcement community. And that, you know, today's topic is is one that is really needs to be had because there is a audio clip that we hope we can uh, play to our listeners uh, after the break that uh, talks about it, it shares an incident that happened in Ohio with the now retired uh, police chief um, who placed a uh, a Ku Klux Klan note on the back of a uh, black police officer's jacket. And, and I think some people may say, what, you know, did you just say Ku Klux Klan? Yes. In 2021, a white police chief in Ohio placed a Ku Klux Klan note on the back of a black police officer's jacket. And kind of Keith said, what's all the fuss about? This was a joke. You know, so today we're, we're talking about a failure in police leadership. Keith, and I just think, you know, when I saw that, um, Video that news video clip, Keith. It, it just shocked me the fact that this man has over 33 years' experience in policing. Felt so comfortable to do that. Why does that shock you? Well, because again, you would think people that are in the position that 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 you and I both uh, are, take so much pride in that you would go you would feel that comfortable with making a note that says KKK on the back of a black man's jacket it's almost just like you walking into a room and there's a noose inside of the squad room or or right by your locker but th- these are things that's happening policing now. These are not things that happened 20 years ago. These are things that that is happening in in the police industry and the in in you know as a firefighters. So it's it just people are so comfortable with just basically having 
no regards for another another man's space. Well, I will tell you this, man. Um, it is this day and time. It is sad, uh, but as I've said this before, you're talking about a human being, and there are those human beings that feel that they can do whatever they want to do. They don't think anything about it. You know, they're in a position of power. I can do what I want to do. I can say what I want to say. What's the big deal? This is 2021 uh, or 2020. Uh, This guy knows how I am. I hired him. So he knows I'm not like that. It's just a joke. Man, I mean, that is just crazy. But that's what we live in right now um, in, in the world that we live in that it's um it's gotten to the point where people are that comfortable to do that. Yeah, Keith, and, and you know, I think, you know, throughout this show, you know, we're gonna definitely talk about this uh topic that, you know, I think, you know, our listeners are going to be just as surprised as we are. And I think, you know, you asked the questions, why would you be surprised? And I just think, you know, when we talk about, you know, policing and everything that has happened this past year, you know, it, it makes you wonder, you know, we know policing has, has come a long way, but how much further does the police industry uh, need to go uh, to where we don't see these type of incidents, especially coming from the leader of an agency, you know, so how can you lead an agency when you are the one who has some bad behaviors, you have some uh, racial biases. But, Keith, we're, we're coming up on taking our first break, so we're going to take this break and we come back. We're going to get back into the topic of a failure in policing leadership, but you're listening to You and the Law on the Bachelor News Radio Network. Breaking news out of southern Wisconsin where a man has been shot execution style while filling up his car at a gas station. The suspect then opened fire at a second gas station, but an undercover officer fired back there, killing that gunman. The officer was also wounded. WGN's Patrick Elwood is live in Franksville, Wisconsin with the latest. Pat. Ray and Micah, good evening to you. Investigators still very much trying to figure out the motive of the gunman, the suspect who was eventually shot dead. But to sum up the Racine County Sheriff's feelings today, if it were not for one of his deputies, things could have been much worse. A 32-year-old white male from Heartland approached a 22-year-old white male from Elkhorn who was simply putting gas in his car and was viciously executed. Racine County, Wisconsin Sheriff Christopher Schmalling describing what happened at the Pilot Travel Center, a popular gas station and convenience store. The time was 7.30 this morning. After firing at and missing another person, that gunman drove off. His next and final stop was a mobile gas station about two miles away where he approached with gun drawn an undercover sheriff's deputy who had just started his shift. The deputy, a 21-year law enforcement veteran, drew fast, and the two exchanged shots. The suspect was hit several times and killed. The deputy was also shot and hospitalized with what is described as a non-life-threatening wound. It should be noted, ladies and gentlemen, this is 7.30 in the morning at this mobile station. It was bustling with activity, people getting their gas and people getting their morning cup of coffee. 
there is no doubt in my mind the quick and heroic actions of our investigator saved lives today. This gentleman was at the first gas station, the pilot, thankful, you bet he is, to escape unharmed. I don't know, it was a sigh of relief that I happened to leave right before, like, I don't know, like a sign from God or something, but I'm just glad I left before everything happened. to the You and the Law broadcast, 646-929-0130, the number to get in touch with Chief uh, Keith Humphrey, Chief Virgil Green on this show. Thank you for listening. Of course, the topic um, today, if you're just joining us, um, and we appreciate you joining us, but uh, uh, what happens when there's a failure in police leadership? I, I go to you guys to ask this question. And I, I really want to re- go back to uh, Chief Humphrey, who said, uh, you know, ask the question to you, Chief Green. Why are you surprised? Um, it, it, it's not only a surprise. It's not only not a surprise that these things are taking place in 2021, and and I'm sure to beyond beyond, unfortunately. Um, but it's not a surprise when I watched the History Channel uh, last week. Days after you guys talked about uh, Bass Reeves and, and him uh, not only being one of the, the great uh, deputy sheriffs, but also uh, his life being portrayed uh, by the Lone Ranger. The, 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 the uh, theme, the character, all the history says it was about him, but you watch the History Channel. And they do this true and facts thing. And, of course, it was, I mean, this true and false thing. And, and of course, they said it was inaccurate. Of course. So if if mainstream won't acknowledge our history in law enforcement, then why would we be surprised that mainstream people and those who make up those that don't look like us would give us any kudos or, or, or have any respect for two brothers like yourself in particular when it comes to these heinous crimes and things of that nature. The public is already like, welcome to the party. We're used to it. So, And I'm saying this respect, respectfully to you, to, uh, Chief Green, that why would, why would law enforcement like you, black uh, law enforcement like you, be surprised when you have these demons um, that are running these agencies. Well, and, and you know, LA, and I think when I used, when I said I was surprised, I just think as we look back, I would say surprised and not surprised, uh, and, and not contradicting myself. But uh, again, it just goes back to when you look at the totality of everything that has happened, uh, not just with the. the the death of the murder of George Floyd, but everything that has happened that all these other police chiefs from around the country have seen, unless they're just so ignorant uh, to everything that is, has occurred, the fact that this man here, 
with over 30-something years of experience in policing who, and, and we'll hear the, the audio clip later on in the show, that just because he hired this black police officer felt that he had some right to to put a, a Ku Klux Klan note on the back of his coat. It's just really shocking. And here is, uh, but it goes back to another deeper conversation about who are the who are the people that are putting these people in these powerful positions? You got mayors, you got city managers, who are the ones who are hiring these individuals, who are putting them in these positions. That if you have to question yourself when they find out about these things, and this mayor in Ohio, he took some pretty swift actions and and removed this police chief, but he also allowed the police chief to to retire. Uh, and I think there's been a lot of questions that he shouldn't have given them that afforded him that opportunity to retire, but he did. Let me let me say something about let me say something about that. You know, I know there's some controversy about people being able to retire uh, and get their pensions or whatever. Uh, I'll, I'll be totally honest with you. Depending on what they do, um, was that criminal? No. Was it was it was it unethical? Was it just downright racist? Absolutely. Um, but if if allowing this man to quit or resign. And uh, get and cut ties with him. Um, you know, I I don't have a I don't have a problem with that. I think there are those times when individuals should not receive their pensions. Um, but you know, it, to cut ties with him, and, and you've got to hands off, heads off to this city manager, whether he did it for not wanting to gain negative publicity or if he did it for the right thing. It's just this you got to recognize the fact that he did it. Chief Green, can I just ask you, you and and both of you can answer. I mean, Chief Humphrey, just to ask you this question, a question, Chief Humphrey. Oh, why? I, I have a problem with them letting him retire, and this would go across the board in any profession, just as great as your profession is, because he gets to to say he's sorry. He retires with his pension. Sure, that might have been the first thing that we know on record that he did. But this man has served in an agency for that long. So obviously he's got lots of connections uh, in law enforcement and other places, right? And so he gets to ride off into the sunset with those views. You know, he retired but with those views, and he could spew that same racist hate in the, in other areas. So to me, he all the, the the worst case scenario is he got embarrassed, he got busted, but he gets to retire. He's an older guy anyway, so he's going to retire at some point anyway. So he retired with his money. So my point is, where's the punishment? Where's the learning lesson? You are the three of us always say you can't change a person's heart. You can't, you know, you can't legislate that. And I get that, but. At some point, there's got to be some kind of punishment there, Chief Humphrey, because he he is he's embarrassed, he got busted, but that's it. 
he gets to retire with his full pension. And 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 he gets to sit in on his porch and spew that on to his grandkids, probably and whoever else. And there's no lesson learned. There's no punishment. There's no no consequences to your actions. Is my point. Well, you know, LA, I, I hear what you're saying, and, and I'm not. You know, I know the thing we have to be careful for is careful about is because we don't want the citizens. This listening the the listeners to think that we're that we're condoning what he did and he should have been able to do that, but there are just those times when you have no choice. You know, if you got to get now think about this. Think about this. You fire this guy, okay? You fire him, which I think the city manager or whomever was 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 probably prepared was, to do so. Yeah, it, it was actually the mayor. The mayor. Uh, yeah, it was the, the mayor. mayor okay, so you you fire him, and then he appeals. So then, when you fire him, uh, you know there is that possibility he get his job back. Not only does he get his job back, he gets all of his back pay. Uh, and so, mm-hmm. and then it comes down to the point: do they put him back to work, or do they say you get all your money uh, and you can come back or whatever? So to cut tie complete ties with him. And for him to get his pension, I know that that's a sore subject for a lot of people. But in this case, um, you're rolling the dice of if you fire him, him getting his job back. And so, you know, what happens? Because I think that just uh, you guys should finish it up. I just think that if it had been, God forbid, Virgil Green or Keith Humphrey, right, in that situation, it put some pro-black or I hate fighting something crazy there and you but got busted. We all know the double standard that would have taken place, in my opinion. Well, yeah, it, and, yeah. And, I, <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, Keith. No, I, I was just gonna say. I mean, I, I get it. I mean, I, I, I get the frustration, LA. You and I have talked about this. Uh, the frustration of where it appears to be that there's a there's a there's double standards uh, that. Um, uh, that could seem to go on, but like I said, I, I gotta, you know, I, I, you know, one of the things that you talk about and you, you say we, um, that you think we do really well is we're, we're, we're very honest. And, um, I, I don't, I don't have a problem with, I really don't have a problem with him resigning and, and being able to keep his pension and rolling the dice and, and taking a pot chance of him getting his job back. And now you've empowered him to believe that he can, he can do whatever he wants to. So, Good, good riddance. You know, good riddance. Um, now the thing about it is, it's going to be interesting to see if somebody hires him. That's that's going to be the key right there. Is somebody going to hire him? Well, you would think after 33 years, and as the time, and you've made so much local and national news that you would just go somewhere and sit down and 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 enjoy your retirement and not apply for another. Uh, Police chief position. You would you would think so, but it, it's yeah. gonna be interesting to see. I think yeah. I think at the end of the day, uh, he did that city and he did everybody a favor by leaving. I, I really yeah. do. I, I don't I don't like the way. I'm not a condoning it, uh, and, and I think I think the citizens understand what we're saying. The listeners understand. Not condoning it, but I think that's one of those chances that you take and say. And you know, hey, get up out of here! It's time to go, man. Because that—that's dangerous. Uh, you're dealing with somebody that just shows you he didn't think he did anything wrong, man. 
Well, you know, he didn't, Keith, and and that's and that's the concerning thing about it. Even because he felt that, hey, I'm the one who hired this black officer, and so just because you hired him doesn't give afford you the 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 privilege to to uh, put a racist uh, note on the back of his jacket, and he just put it off as being just a, a joke. And and you know Keith, the if if this was caught on the agency's uh, cameras with inside of the police department, it was actually the uh, the fraternal order of police are the ones who brought this to the mayor's attention, which was surprising, but they did the right thing by exposing the leader of this agency because they could have sat on it and not said anything, and maybe this guy would still be serving as a chief. But, Keith, we're coming up on taking our break, so we're going to take this break, and we're going to come back and get into the conversation of the concerns with uh, police leadership. But you're listening to You and the Law on the Bachelor News Radio Network. I can't even tell you. I said I don't have one word, one word to describe how bad this is. The Sheffield Lake police chief has resigned after video emerged of him placing a sign on a raincoat belonging to a black officer on his police force last week. The city's law director says that sign had KKK imagery on it. Former police chief Anthony Campo told News 5 it was a joke that got out of hand. But the mayor of the city did speak with our Five on Your Side investigator, Joe Paganakis, tonight, saying he is taking this incident very seriously. Courtney, Rob, the incident took place here at the Sheffield Lake Police Department on June 25th, and it has the Ohio Patrolman's Benevolent Association getting involved, asking for the video and all records related to the Sheffield Lake discrimination policy. Disappointed and shocked. Sheffield Lake Mayor Dennis Bring is now looking for a new police chief. After seeing this video that appears to show former Chief Anthony Campo placing a sign on the back of a raincoat owned by an African-American officer on his force. The officer found the paper sign on his coat less than 30 seconds later. A sign the Sheffield law director said it's his understanding was related to the KKK. The mayor says when he found out about the video, he confronted his chief about the incident. The chief, he made a comment like, what am I going to get fired over this? Mayor Bring says that's exactly what he tried to do. And I said, you have 10 minutes to get out of the building. I want your badge, I want your car keys, and I want your keys to your office. But the mayor says minutes later, former Chief Campo made a request that he granted. And he said, may I please um, type up a letter of my resignation, and I want to... Um, you know, file because I, I want to retire. Mayor Bring says he sat down with the African-American officer involved and formally apologized on behalf of the city. We had a very emotional talk, and uh, that was very difficult. And uh, we couldn't talk to each other for 10 minutes because we cried. News 5 reached former Chief Campo by phone. Campo said the incident was simply a joke that got out of hand, that he was the one who hired the officer involved, an officer that's excellent with children, saving the officer from losing his job at another police department due to age restrictions. Meanwhile, though, Mayor Bring has his own thoughts on the incident. I hope sometime that he realizes what he's caused and what kind of destruction he did to this community and these people that he's supposed to have served 
you know, you take an oath that you're going to serve and protect the community. He didn't do that. Meanwhile, Sergeant Sean Corr has been named acting chief of the Sheffield Lake Police Department. I'm five on your side, investigator Joe Paganakis. Welcome back to the You and the Law broadcast. Uh, Chief Keith Humphrey, Chief Virgil Green. Uh, if you have a question, we have some folks uh, on the line. I'll be uh, checking to see if you have a question for the host. Six four six nine three nine zero one three zero. The chat room is open. We do have a, a chat message. I'll get to. And uh, again, uh, you can follow them on the You and the Law One uh, page on Facebook. And interesting enough. Hearing that, Chiefs, Mark in Texas said that as an African-American in law enforcement, we have to be diligent in not only telling our story, but making sure we stand up to bullies and racists, such as the chief in Ohio. And, you know, it's a great point, guys, because if, if especially like my nephew, you guys are familiar with, he's, uh, you know, uh, new to the force, some other things going on I'll talk to you off air about, but, uh, you know, the only two, two blacks and one um, young lady came out of the academy in this predominantly white uh, area. And the concern I always had and the concern that a lot of people have on the outside looking into your profession is that, you know, if you're that quote unquote, some people say token or that only uh, person of color in that agency, then it is, it's important for that person to speak up and stand up because you see this chief hired him. So he felt like because I hired you, I could call you the N word or play KKK jokes or anything else because I'm in charge. You're on my plantation and I can do whatever I want. And it's just a joke. And it's just, you know, made light of. And it's interesting how this, this uh, officer's going to respond. I don't know how he has since then. But Mark makes the point, though. It, it's maybe some of these things don't happen. And you guys talk about it all the time. If more law enforcement people do, maybe not to the degree and the honesty that you guys do it on your show, but speak up about these atrocities that tend to happen internally, and sometimes it spills over, and, and these these Klansmen get caught uh, in their, you know, dastardly type of things. Well, well L.A., let me, let me say something just real quick. I, I, think the, I think the main thing here is what we got to look at, what made him that comfortable? Yes. What what made him that comfortable? I mean, does it does, right. does it get to the point because I hired you? I mean, think about what he said. I'm not racist. I hired him. So did that come back to you owe me one? You owe me this? Well, it, uh, yeah, and Keith, he, I mean, and Keith, he also said he also said Keith that this he helped this officer out because. He was gonna get. He was gonna be let go from another agency because of age restrictions, but he hired him this Sherfield uh, Police Department. So in his mind, hey, I helped. I helped this dude out. 
And so because he's going to be let go from another agency. So it's almost like he is validate that it's okay for him to do what he did because he went the extra mile to hire a uh, a black man at an agency that he oversees. Well, well, well my my thing it comes down to, man, I'll say this again, what makes you so comfortable that you yeah. feel that you can just say something like that? What makes you that and, comfortable? And guys, it sounds like it, it to me it sounds like he's saying uh, and maybe I'm just uh, overreading it. Yeah, you hired me, but it's almost like my best friend is black or my mailman is black or and I give to the NAACP. So that gives you a a, a pass to, to say and do those type of racial things. That's what it sounds like. You know, I uh, how can I be racist? It was a joke. I hired a guy. Come on. I'm not racist. I hired a black guy. So is that a micro yeah. or micro, is that a micro or macro aggression? I don't think I don't think that's either one. I just think that's just straight up. That's just straight that, up that racist, is, racism. That is man. straight up. That is straight up racist. That is straight well, up being this. racist. Is it, because is again, it racism? You... Uh, uh, hold on, hold on. Is it racism or is it the fact of I just didn't know. I didn't think it was a big deal. Is that racism? Or is that a chance? Is that a learning moment? A teaching moment? I'm, 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 not, I'm just playing devil's advocate. That's what I said, Virgil. I don't think that's a. I don't think that's a. I don't think that is a teaching moment. And because I mean, we're talking about Sherfield Lake. If people are not familiar where Sherfield Lake is, is 27 miles west of Cleveland. Uh, and you're talking about a note that says Ku Klux Klan, which is one of the oldest American hate groups that targets black Americans and, and people of color. They actually have a Ku Klux Klan chapter in Dayton, Ohio, according to the Southern Poverty Law Center. So here's a man that spent 33 years at this agency. Are you going to – Keith, does he really expect people to believe that he does not know yes. anything yes. about the Ku Klux Klan? Absolutely he does. Man, man and, and as what have what people said before, man, I think, uh, me, I think Stevie Wonder would, would be looking like, what in the hell? Listen. But, but listen, the guy couldn't be too there, – there had to be something wrong, man. He had to know there were cameras in there. He, did, he, did, he, did he forget oh, yeah. there were cameras in there? Did he, did he forget? You think he forgot? No, I don't think he forgot. I, I think we, we get to this, this culture in policing that individuals are at a certain age – this is this has been who this man has been for 33 years. He has been with the Sherfield Lake Police Department for 33 years. So you just don't all of a sudden become a racist. And people are going to probably say, well, how, why, you can't say the man is racist. I mean, you are the leader of a police department. What in your right mind would you put a Ku Klux Klan note on a black police officer's jacket 
And I'm going to twist this around because, L.A., you kind of made reference to it. What if that would have been a black police officer who was caught on the agency surveillance camera putting, you know, some, you know, like honky or some derogatory note on the back of, on the jacket of a white police officer? Well, we're getting, you guys are getting, you guys are getting a lot of people, Yolanda, David, uh, Nancy, they're all saying the same thing, which is, and uh, they, uh, I don't know why they, I guess they, they're new to the show, but uh, they're wondering where you, what um, agency you're over. And, uh, and I text back that, you know, uh, Keith Humphreys in Arkansas and, and Keith Green in Oklahoma. But they're saying that, you know, if you guys, not only if it happens, the tables are turned, you did that. And, and Nancy made a good point saying, uh, typically, I don't know the stats, you guys know better, typically she thought that, you know, it's going to be more Caucasian officers under a black chief as opposed to a white chief with black officers. She's saying that if the tables had turned, you know, you would have probably had a mutiny. She used some other words, um, but you may have oh, yeah. had a mutiny. Uh, and that that's what I'm getting, Chief Humphrey. I'm agreeing with you uh, uh, out of respect for you in terms of letting them resign, good riddance. But a lot of people are coming in saying if the tables would turn, you know, you wouldn't have got that same luxury. The mayor would have said, you know, and it's speculation. The mayor would have said, no, you're not resigning. I'm firing you, and I'm keeping your, your pension. That's That's what I'm getting from about five or six different people. Well, okay, and, well. And, and you, you know what, and I think Keith, I think a lot of people are, you know, you got a Keith, you got a favorite word that you use. You, you are, you're an optimist and you're a realist. Those are two of oh, your favorite positive, words, you know. Positivisionalist. Positivisionalist. <laughs> I have vision. I, I, I'm, I'm, I, I, I visualize change, but I'm a realist when it comes a realist. to that. Yeah. And, and I think our listeners are, are equally the same, but I think a lot of people, especially the with everything that has happened and seeing that, and this isn't the, the first time a white police chief has been caught in a, in a uh, using racial slurs, or in this situation, he, he wrote a racial slur. But so this isn't the first time this has happened, but you know, one of the things that uh, the question was asked of me on our social media, Keith, uh, was did this mayor hire a black police chief? I, I don't know if, if the Sherfield Lake Police Department replaced him with a black police chief or if they replaced him with, with a white police chief. Uh, I think at the end of the day, you and I look at it, this is a job no matter what color you are, you, if you have the experience and the knowledge, that's a position that that you should be afforded to. Uh, and so, let me say, again, let it me would be interesting this, to see if that actually happened. Virgil, you you gotta and and to the listeners, man, you you gotta you gotta recognize the fact that the union came forward. That that was surprised. That was you, surprised. You gotta came. You gotta you gotta now. Did they come forward because there were some problems with that chief? And they didn't like him? Or did they come forward because it was the right thing to do? Would they have come forward if they would have, you know, if, if they liked him? Would they have come forward if he was popular? 
or was it was it that they were that were tired of it? They didn't want that in their department. We may never know that, but it, but yeah, it, but so it, I, they came forward. Yeah. Well, hey Keith, man, hold hold that thought. We're gonna take this break, and we come back. We're gonna get back into the conversation about the leadership in policing as we talk about this uh, retired um, Ohio officer. But you're listening to You and the Law on the Bachelor News Radio Network. If you've got a clogged up nose, simply stuffy. If you've got a snuffy nose, simply stuffy. If the rest of you feel fine, but your nose is out of line, give your schnozzle what it means, Simply Stuffy. Simply Stuffy, from the makers of Children's Tylenol. It has only the medicine your child needs to make a stuffy nose simply disappear. If you want to smell a rose, get your stuff out of your nose. If you take a serious body, Simply Stuffy. Simply Stuffy, use as directed. Welcome back to the You and the Law broadcast on the Bachelor News Radio Network, WTOM, IBM TV, and um, You and the Law will be streaming live on StreamYard uh, very soon. You can check out those handsome gentlemen uh, pretty soon um, on StreamYard along with other outlets. Don't forget if you miss any part of the broadcast, uh, you can go to bachelornews.airtime.pro. That's the Bachelor with a T. Uh, news.airtime.pro to check the broadcast out. Um, just go there and you can check out the local listing and the times, uh, Eastern uh, Standard and Mountain Pacific and uh, times to check out the broadcast. Guys, I, I'm checking to see if the police chief, the interim police chief, is African-American not or, or whatever. I will uh, see if I can get that to you uh, before the end of the show. Um Robert, who I think is someone who has contacted this show before, said you guys are blowing things out of proportion. The guy's been uh, in the agency over 30 years. Why is he not given a second chance? He made a mistake is what I got. Back to you. (laughs) Well, you know what, Robert? We definitely want to thank you for for listening to You and the Law uh, because – you know, it's good to have this dialogue. And I think, Keith, one of the most important things is to have these these type of conversations. And But, you know, here's a, here's a man who is well-educated, who's been a, in law enforcement for over 33 years, who has led a police department, and you know right from wrong, you know to write a note that said, KKK, Ku Klux Klan. You took the time to put it on the back of his jacket. You took the time to look at it, and you knew he was going to walk in and he was going to see the note. Now, for everybody that's listening, Robert, you can find this on YouTube. The Keith, the the black police officer, he saw the note and he actually looks at it, and he laughs. Now, he laughed probably because it was just like, I, I, can I really believe what I'm seeing? 
Now, we don't know what the police chief said to him or what kind of conversation they said because that hasn't been reported. But I just think at the end of the day, Keith, the professionalism that we bestow in a police chief position, you are the leader of an organization. How dare you feel that comfortable with writing a racist note? It's no more different, Keith, than what we're listening to today of these Capitol Police officers who put their lives on the line to protect everybody in the Capitol building. But you've got the politics of people are saying, oh, what happened to you? It wasn't that bad. What if, so what if you got uh, somebody tried to beat you with a flagpole? So what if you almost lost your toes? So what if you were beaten? And so what if here's a black man who said for the first time in his entire law enforcement career, he was called the N-word, and he actually used the word in the hearing so many times by people who were carrying this flag that everybody wants to say, Keith, man, I support the black and blue. Well, you didn't support the white officers, and you damn sure didn't support the black officer because he was every N-word that you could think of. And so, again, it's just everybody feels so comfortable, Keith, with being so open about their racial views. But you've got these politicians who are sitting up here saying, no, that wasn't that bad. But but to listen, Keith, and I listen to every – the Capitol Police officers as well as the Metro D.C. police officers give their opening statements. And I, I tell you, these, these men, it took a lot for them to do that, Keith, and they were willing to go back the next day and the next day to serve the people in that building whether they were Democrats or Republicans. But you got a lot of people on this other side who are just dismissing what happened to these men. Well, I will tell you this, man. Um, you know, the young man that, that, that the message in, uh, how do you get a second chance like that? Uh, yeah, who you know, wants yeah. to work for you? Who wants to work for you? Um, who wants to, what, what minority are we, let me just say this. I don't even want to say minority. What citizen um, would feel comfortable talking to you? Uh, what officer would feel comfortable coming to work for you, whether it's black, white, but especially minority officer, which one would feel comfortable coming uh, to work for you um, with you having that type of feeling, doing that so freely? Um, it, 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 to say he deserves another chance. You know, having an accident, a minor accident, you know, coming to work late, uh, maybe saying, uh, you know, shit or hell, um, you know, yeah, I, I believe that. I think that, that that's something that you can give somebody another chance. But to have in your mind, knowing the history of, of the Klan, uh, knowing the history of uh, the things that they have done, you know, why not place it on? Uh, if you okay, would would he have done that if that would have been a, 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 an officer who wasn't a minority? Uh, and, and so why why that officer? If it's a joke, which it was a poor taste in joke, 
but why not another officer? Why that particular officer? What else is he? What else did he say inappropriate or or, or insensitive um, to? Uh, can he can he um, police equitably, uh, fairly? Yeah. Can he do that? Uh, those are the things you have to look at when you say something something like that. So so it's okay for somebody to say that. It would be okay for me to refer to a Hispanic person. Uh, or leave something inappropriate on a Hispanic or Asian or any other minority. It would be appropriate for me to say something inappropriate related to someone's ethnicity that's white. That would be okay for me to say that, and I get another chance. Okay, yeah, all right. Yeah, and and I think, you know, everybody has this this opinion that, oh, hey, he made a mistake. He, he deserves a second chance. Um, I, I don't. I don't agree with that. I think, you know, when you're in a leadership position, and, and this is what we're talking about, being a leader, that, you know, you you have the – you you should – everything that you are about personally and professionally should be uh, all about being professional. But when you cross that line and you um, – use racial slurs or you you write a, a racial note, then your second chances are over with. Uh in in you know fortunately he had put in the time to where he could retire. But, you know, again, if let me ask you keep I'm I'm gonna ask this question because I think you and I both know the answer. And to our listeners. Have you ever heard of a black police chief saying something racist, being put on national TV, and and losing his job, or given or or having the ability to retire? And the answer is absolutely not. I I don't you it is I can't remember the last time that I've heard a black uh, police chief or a black police officer use a racial slur, and and, and anything negative happened to him. I, it, we just don't hear it. We just don't see that, Keith. And but we have this this organizational culture in policing that you've got this good old boy system who feels like. Like this agency in Sherfield, Keith. There's, I mean, it's a small police department, less than 20 officers. Uh, they've got probably about maybe three or four black police officers, from what I can see. Uh, in in L.A., they do have a interim uh, police chief who is uh, who is white. Uh, yeah, I was I was just gonna tell you. Yeah, he is white, and, Sergeant um, and, Sergeant um, the Corps. And so, uh, but there again, it is that everybody understands. So to Robert's question, Robert said a second chance. So, so does that mean if you go to your your doctor and you go in for a colonoscopy, and he ends up removing your kidney, and you went in? For a, a, a colorectal exam, and but they removed your kidney instead. 
so he deserves a second chance to to uh, operate on somebody else. I don't think so, Keith. And and guys, now, Virg, just, uh, now, Virg, now Virgil, now gonna, Virgil in L.A. Hey, I was just going to tell you. I was Go just going to tell you, Chief Humphrey. Maria said um, this this uh, age of. Um, culture cancellation she called it i don't think that's what it's called but anyway i know what she's mean in terms of people losing their job over sexual advances and things of that nature and of course with this she says it's gone too far maria and uh, orlando said that that it's gone too far for people losing their jobs that's what she said she said that we're, we're we're going too far, she said, uh, in the age of sexual advancements, racial comments. She said that uh, some people deserve a second chance and that we're going too far. This culture cancellation, she called it. Well, you know what, LA, I'm, I'm going to tell, tell you what she's saying, and, and I think Virgil can, can attest to this, and any other law enforcement uh, professionals that are listening. Uh, there, was a, there was a time, and I think there's still that mindset, that people actually believe that you should suck that up and deal with it. You're, you know, mm-hmm. you get in the law. We were, we were told this when I first got into law enforcement. Suck it up. Be a big boy. Be a big girl. Uh, it's, don't take it personally. They're not talking about you. Uh, just just let go. So I think you still have that mindset. And I will tell you that that guy, that chief, came along during that time. He's been in law enforcement for 33 years. That is the mindset. That is what was taught. Don't worry about it. Let it keep going. Just let it roll off your back. It's not the big a deal. Why are you complaining? What? But you know what? You know what? You know what that? You know what that does? You know what happens? Now what you're doing now is you're empowering people to think like that. You're empowering uh, people in power. Law enforcement has an authoritative position, and so there's already a perception out there that we believe that we can do whatever we want to, and nobody's going to hold us accountable. So now you're basically saying it's okay, police chief, to do what he is because we just should suck it up and deal with it. It's okay for that officer or that chief or that or that police officer to make that sexual advance. And my question would be, you talk about we're going beyond, we, we've gone too far in, in making those complaints, but it's a lot different when it's somebody related to you or someone you know that's being stopped by that police officer and that police officer makes inappropriate appropriate uh, uh, advances at that, at, that, at that female or that male. And, and, and it's a lot different when it hits home. And so, and so to, you know, to say that we, we've gone too far, that's why we're in the position that we are. That's why you have a Derek Chavin that did what he did. That's why you have the situation because we, we, we've been allowed to do that stuff and people have turned their backs. And so we, so we should just forget it. We should, we should just let it go. It's no big deal. It's just words. Well, that's, you know, that's Keith, the craziest thing I've ever heard. That's the craziest yeah. thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, and you know, Keith, I'm gonna say I think a lot of people uh, who are listening to the show are probably not knowledgeable about the the makeup of law enforcement. African-American men and women only make up about um, less than 12% of the law enforcement population. So you've got, uh, uh, you've got some agencies who feel like, man, if, if we give you a job, boy, you better, you better be thankful that, that we hired you because you wouldn't have got hired any, anywhere else. 
there's that mindset still in 2021 that you should you should feel uh, privileged that you got this position. And now that you have this position, if you see some things that you don't like, you need to just keep your mouth shut and move on down the road because if you don't, then you're going to be out of a job. And we're going to bring in somebody who, you know, they're not going to say anything. And so, Keith, just like you said, I mean, when you and I came in this in this profession, in the it it was just you were it was told that if you don't like it, find you somewhere else to go. And and that was just the 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 culture of policing, and the culture of policing has has not really changed that much. And here is a man who spent 33 years with this one agency, and he had these the, the, these racial uh, biases within his personal and professional life. Because he hired this guy, he felt so comfortable with putting this note. And so, but you know, Keith, we're coming up on the the last minutes of the show, and I, you know, Virgil, I can, say, I, I can I say this real quick? Go ahead. Can I say this real good? Uh, a good friend of mine brings up a good point. Uh, if that police chief's given a second chance, can he fairly discipline, discipline an officer for the same thing? Good point. And if, what good would point. happen if he did it to a citizen and they complain? Yeah. Uh, she brings yeah. up a good point. Do you deserve she it? Brings up yeah. Do, do you point. deserve a, uh, Yeah. Do you deserve a, a second chance? And and uh, and so again, man, how can you lead an agency? when it is so publicly known how you treated your black police officer. So, you know, again, that's that's where you just don't get a second chance, Keith. Uh, and I'm sorry, I think some people will, will disagree with that. So, well, I, you know what? I, I, everybody's entitled to their own opinion. You know, that's what that's that's I, you know, that's her opinion. Well, hey, hey, and, Keith, and we got to we got to yeah. Hey, Keith, I want to get to this before we have to, uh, you know, the end of the show. But Eric in Durham said that one of the problems is that our society is desensitive to rudeness and, and, uh, and, and being cruel. And it didn't help to have Trump that had made uh, political, the, that had made the hate political correct. Um you know, again, I think, you know, you got people who are living in this era of Trump. You, you saw what happened at the nation's capital in, in January, and you are seeing how these uh, people that have been elected to serve the people, how they are just dismissing everything that took place. Uh, but, Keith, man, you know, again, brother, it's been a, a great show, and we want to remind our listeners that if you miss any parts of this show, uh, definitely go to thebachelornews.airtime.pro. That's thebachelornews.airtime.pro. And catch us at 4 a.m. and 6 p.m. But you can also uh, catch us on uh, spot, on the app, uh, Spotify and Anchor, and just download those apps and subscribe to You and the Law podcast show to listen to this show and, and many other shows. But Keith, we will uh, get together again uh, for another edition of You and the Law next Tuesday, but it's been great, sir, but you've been listening to You and the Law on the Bachelor News Radio Network.